each Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Practice Podcast Season 1, Episode 4. I don't think we possibly could have done a worse intro than we just did there. (laughs) Actually, I was just thinking the whole intro, we're sort of just screaming at them. (laughs) Well, just screaming, but here's the thing. Like, when when I said my name, you can hear the hesitation there because I didn't remember whether we gave our full names... (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, with Keith... uh, uh, Varney? Sure. (laughs) Like, it sounded like I didn't remember my last name, but... I, I do, and then, uh, yeah, and then I got a, a notification. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, no, I, I, I got a notification from my mother-in-law. It's my turn in Scrabble, which is the sound dip you heard in the end of the intro. We are just crushing Ooh. it. <laughs> oh man! Well, apparently, we're jet lagged. You just got back from Vietnam. How was it? I was in Cambodia, and then Thailand, and then Vietnam. It was pretty crazy. Holy moly! And and remind us what you were doing. I was singing in a Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons review. Oh, like a uh, like a Jersey Boys ripoff. Exactly, a Jersey Boys ripoff. I hesitate to say the name because I don't want to give it any further promotion <laughs> than it deserves. <laughs> um, I was I I was just uh, talking to Rick Ellis yesterday or Friday. No, oh, well, you want me to help you pick that up, buddy? Oh, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Did I sorry? Did I just drop a drop a name there? Uh, you might. Yeah. Have. Uh, oh, uh, uh, sorry. Let me just pick it up there. Um, yeah, you know, I heard I, I that that Temptations musical sort of uh, really, really follows the Jersey Boys uh, transcript or the uh, roadmap. Well, you know, as I as I said to Rick, my friend Rick, who I now know for ten seconds, uh, that tr- trying to write a jukebox musical, the thing you dissect surgically is Jersey Boys. Yeah, because it is the perfect, perfect. bio musical yeah. script. It's craziness. Uh, anyway, so so you had a good time. I had a good time. The highlight of the trip had to be walking down the streets of Vietnam and thinking that I saw pig faces being just uh, cooked on the street corner. But in turn, it was just dog. They were just eating dogs. And not just dogs, but dog face. <laughs> That's the sound of me not engaging. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so sad. It was really sad and gross and fascinating. Um, 
and not nearly the highlight. The highlight was actually really a weird. <laughs> Wait, a we- that was not the highlight. The <laughs> highlight of your trip. No, it was not. This was weird barbecue dog face theme park we found, like a full-on theme park. Really, um, but under like communist run. It was very. It had flags, hammer and sickle. It was just a weird place to be. But I had a great time, and I'm happy. like, are the rides the same? Yes, except that if you don't have fun, you can't tell them. I, I can't come up with anything. I thought I was going to have a joke re- ready to go. <laughs> I, I can't come up with a joke. I'm really, I'm really jet lagged. I'm sorry. He's <laughs> really jet. What's my excuse? You're not funny. Oh, right. That 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 is the issue. <laughs> well, anyway. Oh. Anyway, so uh, so we are here to talk about episode one. In, uh, <laughs> oh, we should just shut her down. Shut her tr- down. And try again some other time. Uh, <laughs> we're so terrible today. Six minutes Season- have ticked by. Oh, God. The six minutes of your life you're never going to get back. But episode honestly, four. If you're listening to episode four, you know, your life has some holes. <laughs> but we're filling them, baby. Oh, we're filling them. <laughs> we will fill the hole in your day because you need more things to do. Wait, Keith, do uh, you hear that? What do I hear? Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of one quarter going into your bank account. One oh, quarter. A quarter? Seriously? Yeah. Wait, uh, from from all of our revenue from season one through three, episodes one through three. We have three. generated a quarter. Oh, and which is really exciting until you realize we have to split it. <laughs> so I don't have a quarter and you don't have a quarter. What do we Together, have? Like tw- 12 and a half cents. 12 and a half cents. So, whew, you know, when, when we were kids, you could actually, but there's still such a thing as penny candy. Oh, yeah. Gennardi's. That was our supermarket. We'd go oh, yeah. No. Little... Oh, yeah. For us, it was Deso's General Store. Ooh, Deso's. Desos. It's no longer Desos. But so, Keith, what are we watching timers. today? Okay. <laughs> we totally went. We're so off the rails. We are watching season one, episode four, part four. Oh, God, I'm excited. Oh, it, have you? Now, let me ask you, because last time you watched it live while we were on the air. Have you watched this one now? Uh, no. I've t- I determined that episode three was our best, and I think it's because I did l- absolutely no pre work. So. Oh, what a self-serving way to figure out <laughs> <laughs> which episode we're on. No, actually, I'm really excited about this episode. Okay, good. Uh, so I think that's going to be really fun. So, uh, you know, uh, let me see. What are we up to? It'd be time for filings and subpoenas, but uh, do we have I don't think we have any. I think your wife commented on Facebook, but uh, that's about it. She did, and Apple Podcasts say that there aren't yet enough reviews. So that doesn't mean there aren't any. It just means there's not enough to show up. So, listener, who we can probably know by first name at this point, uh, <laughs> leave us a review. Leave us a, uh, send us an email. Send us a something, you know, it's, especially early on in a podcast, it's really hard to just get found on yeah. uh, on Apple Podcasts and such. So, we're going to work on some search engine optimization and get ourselves out there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, leave us a review. Help us Help us get found. Yeah, we're posting little things on our Instagram here and there, so that hopefully will maybe get some traction. Who knows? These are very long. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like we're going to break a record today. We're on such a fantastic pace. It's true. 
Uh, all right. Well, you know, uh, so this episode aired on March 25th, 1997. And you know what that means? It's time for... This Day in the Basement. Oh, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll do it again. This Day in the Basement. Thank you. So tell me, uh, Degs, what were you doing in uh, March 25th, 1997? Where were you in the world? Well, Keith, I was still in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Ah. And uh, I think we've established by this point that you and I growing up were of the nerd variety, I think we could say. Yeah, I think nerd might give me too much credit because Mm. I feel that the distinction between geek and nerd is nerds are useful and know things. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, we had this real uh, crappy um, telescope that my dad used to like to bring out. Uh, and focus towards the sky. And I remember, I, I we really couldn't see that much. But this week was the beginning of the Hale Bop comet. It was its closest uh, trajectory oh, to Earth. I remember that. And it became, it was like between this week, March 25th, March 20th, through like the 1st of April, where it was at its brightest. And it's the closest it's ever been to Earth um, in our lifetime. And I remember distinctly being on the front porch with my brother. Uh, and my dad, and attempting to train this thing towards the the comet. Not too much luck with the telescope, but you could be seen with the naked eye, and I remember seeing it, uh, and I guess I was probably 16 at the time. Interesting. All right. Yep. Wait, you were 16 in 97? Weren't you 17 in 97? I turned 17 in November. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm older than you. How about that? Uh, yeah, I tend to let, see older gentlemen. Yeah, well, don't we all? Uh, cool. That's interesting. I I remember, like, vaguely caring about some of that, but I'll tell you what I was up to. You know, when I, I, I realized, looking back, the insane amount of things we do to follow our dreams in high school and don't realize how insane it is, uh, but I remember... At, basically all the way through high school, but I remember, like, these on these cold mornings, we'd get up and go to select chorus rehearsal... Uh, before school. Now this, there was like the regular chorus, but then there was like this select chorus that you had to audition for. It was like, it was quite the thing, let me tell you. But what that entailed was every (laughs) Friday morning getting up and being at school to sing at 7.30 in the morning. Every Friday morning. And I was just like, yeah, man, of course. Why wouldn't I do this? I, I just... I just can't possibly imagine like, and and here's the thing. Like, it wasn't like I thought this was going to get me girls or I thought it was going to help me get into a college or whatever. It was just like, I'm a singer. I'm in select chorus. Like what an honor. So I, I should definitely do that. I need to find you an old school select chorus t-shirt somehow, some way. Oh yeah. Well, Mount Mansfield Union High School Select Chorus. I'm sure they still have it. Do you think an almost 40-year-old man wearing that t-shirt would draw the suspicion of local authorities? Oh my god. Well, <laughs> so my wife uh went to a uh, like a Catholic school in Philly and uh she has her old like gym t-shirt and because it was like, you know, it was like old, it's like this worn out thing. So I wear it sometimes. And then I realized, like, I'm walking down the street with a middle school girls school T-shirt on, and I'm like, this is not a good idea. But I, it, it does say MMA 
So instead of Marion Mercy Academy, I'm hoping people think I'm a I'm a fighter. No one, no one thinks that. <laughs> hey, I have been in a hockey fight. Thank you very much. I can't even ice skate, so I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh. So that's that. So what was going on in the world on March twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven? I'm guessing it was snowing. Uh. Probably a good, probably a good bet. Um, I'll tell you what's happening in the Burlington Free Press. I can't wait to hear it. Or what uh, you can well, garner from the thumbnail of the front page of the Burlington Free Press. <laughs> what you get from the thumbnail <laughs> on this. Yeah, it was it was interesting, the, the synchronicity here, because the Oscars were just on uh, this last week, and uh, the Oscars were also on then, and Juliette Binoche, she no. won the Oscar for The English Patient. Hey, and that was big news in Burlington, Vermont, for reasons I don't understand. Uh, well, Keith, I can tell you that in Astoria, New York, it was a it was a rather warm day, forty four oh, degrees. It felt like it was thirty seven with the wind chill. The Four high episodes of, in, we're still doing this. The high I, I, of the day was fifty one degrees with a slight overcast. So here's my question: Like, are you going to commit to this bit? For the entire run of the show, I, uh, let me see how many episodes of the practice there were. The hundred and sixty-seven. Are you going to give us? Are you going to commit right here in this moment to give us a hundred and sixty-seven weather reports from twenty years ago? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I will absolutely commit to that. If I can get like a futuristic like uh, a weather 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 time machine. I don't know. I, well, I, I couldn't come up with anything better than that <laughs> in the moment. Weather, weather, weather time machine. No, that's 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 good. I'll throw a little drum beat on that. Uh, but <laughs> we really should start a, a branded marketing company, Keith. I really think we've got something <laughs> for weather time machines. <laughs> it's like a hot Black tub and time Decker machine. weather time machine. It's like hot tub time machine, but for weather. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's going to be your sound cue to make. Okay. I'm definitely not making that sound cue, but I feel like now you have to. I will. Well, I've become quite the hip hop producer if we get to that section today. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's true. Well, <laughs> do you have any objections to yourself you want to get into? As a matter of fact, I do. Ah, here we go. There's never a bad time to object to this podcast. Yeah, I just thought it was after our conversation last week about pleading insane and the insanity defense and a lot of statistics that we were throwing around. I wanted to just shout out a quick reminder that in no way, shape or form is anything we say uh, researched or uh, binding. We are not lawyers. And any information I've gathered, it's probably just from the first Google page that popped up. Were you under the impression that anybody, that was unclear to anyone? (laughs) (coughs) Oh my God, I have the plague. Um, No, I didn't think it was unclear, but I just wanted to hear that bumper. Okay, great. Yeah, well, a whole bunch of lawyers just like set down their pad. Ah, damn it. They they were going to send a, 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 a curtly worded letter to us. We're going to get a cease and desist from Google. I do have two friends who are patent attorneys. How about that? Let me ask you something. Have you ever gotten a cease and desist? Uh, no. I did get a, uh, my 
our uh, ISP one time told me to stop downloading stuff. Oh no, shit! Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's well, a problem. I, uh, yeah, I mean hypothetically that happened. Right, right, right. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly right. <laughs> yeah, we should get that stuff right. <laughs> Not hypothetically at all. Allegedly is absolutely allegedly. What I meant to allegedly, say. yeah, exactly. So let me tell you, uh, what was the top movie uh, on March twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven? As we as we circle back, so like we're guys, we're still doing trivia from nineteen ninety seven. Don't worry, I can't, we're still going to keep doing it. Yeah, presume uh, we get to talk about like oh, we already did talk about ska, and I never played that music. But we're gonna have to yeah, get to I, it. Well, I, I, no, well, actually, here's another question: uh, Do you listen to our episodes? Because uh, yeah. like I, I never actually knew whether or not you put your Scott track on the end of it. I didn't. Uh, the first episode actually is sort of janky, and I have to fix it. So hopefully, I fixed it by now. The time you're listening to this, um, uh, yeah, I didn't do it. I couldn't find a good one. It, the, the one I have, we sound like chipmunks because that was back in the day of cassettes, and the cassette is playing in the wrong speed. Oh, did you throw it on mm. like a four track? I tried, and it was it was became way too. We we promised we weren't going to work too hard, and so yeah. Well, I I kind of want to hear the chipmunk version. I'll find some version of something, and it will. Get and I, I'm up. speaking for our listener, because at some I point that one of the like there was number one ska songs in the country at some point, and we must get there. Yeah, I don't even know like what would qualify <laughs> as a ska song. I guess the closest I would say is probably that got popular would be No Doubt, maybe. Okay. Like spider webs or something. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna hear at the end of this episode. Damn we're it. gonna hear your ska song. And sure. it's going to be amazing. I can't wait for it. Uh, anyway, top movie, Liar Liar for the second week, made $25.3 million. The uh, number one song continued to be Fuck Daddy. Can't nobody hold me down. Bad boy. This one has like the uh, like the record. Now it's showing on the hot track. Melt like it's hot analog wax. Put it out. All right. Well, Congratulations. Uh, Puff Daddy's still taking over the world. Thank God. Seriously. Okay. And, uh, guys, are we finally here? Mark down the time, because everyone will skip to this possible moment. Wait, no, not yet. There's oh, one God. more thing. Oh, God, what's next? You know, this night, uh, on Letterman, on March 25th, 97, uh-huh. really, really interesting, uh, actor was pitching his first movie in a, what became a franchise, uh, oh nervously not knowing if it would be successful and i thought it'd be interesting quick uh travel back yeah let's hear it from saturday night live to wayne's world one and two our first guest is uh, one of the funniest canadians we know his new film austin powers international man of mystery opens may 2nd here he is mike myers mike coming on to pitch Austin the first austin powers no kidding <laughs> I, I like Mike Myers. I I heard him on uh, Mark Maron uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's just like a genuinely nice dude who seems incredibly grounded. So, he's a Canadian. So we live in New York, and you know the kind of general rule of thumb is don't walk up to celebrities here. So definitely, that I try to subscribe to that. Plus, I'm also just a nervous person, so I don't like to put myself on the spot. Anyway, the 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 date of the Women's March a few years back. Um, we were downtown, my wife and I and some friends. Mike Myers was sitting at the bar. And she's, she, my wife loves Mike Myers. She wanted to go up to him and say hi. And I said, I want no part of that. So I just went outside and decided to wait. Threw anyway, under the bus. 
dude, she rolls up. I don't know what she says to him. I look back. She's sitting at the bar. He's buying my wife a drink. And they're, sh- <laughs> they're shooting the shit about all kinds of stuff. They talked about the march. They talked about just like careers and stuff. And it was a good 15, 20 minutes. And I just waited outside like a moron because I was too embarrassed. You had to stand there and watch. I did. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Um, but anyway, yeah, that just to confirm that he is quite a, a good dude. Oh, uh, that's that's interesting. Well, you could you could just sort of tell sometimes, like some you're like you're not quite sure, but Mike Myers, like those those Canadians, they're they're nice folks. Uh, so you you don't walk up to celebrities. I once had a celebrity <laughs> walk up to me. Okay, I was downtown, and this is not a name drop. I have no connection to this. Ray Liotta once asked me for directions. Hey, <laughs> yeah, and which was weird because <clears throat> we were downtown. I he was looking for Chinatown or something like that, or and I'm like. How do you not know this? You're Ray Liotta. Like, you just, like, emerged out of a sidewalk in Midtown somewhere. Uh, I shared a brownstone once when I was living in Park Slope. And uh, the brownstone next to ours, uh, Steve Buscemi lived there. So every once in a while, we would both take our garbage out, and I'd see Steve Buscemi. And I'd always want to make a quip. Never once did I. Never. (laughs) A couple of head nods, you know, like a, hey, it's cold, and we're both in our underwear kind of thing. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, What's up, Steve? (laughs) You have a lot of head nods where the mean boy, it's cold and we're both in our underwear. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're taking the garbage out. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll, we will continue. We need a new segment called like random celebrity sightings where we don't really talk to them. Yeah. Like our, our wives are more personable than we are. Yeah. Jen just had, uh, Regina Spector came to the show and was chatting with her. I was like, that's crazy. You're doing- oh, that's cool. Well, she's, uh, in, in case you don't know, because you don't, uh, Jen is in, she's playing Golda in the, uh, in the revival of Fiddler in, uh, Yiddish. Yeah, it's off, really- off Broadway right now. It's a big, huge hit. Yeah, I don't know if they're any selling any tickets, though. I hope so. They are. They actually, uh, apparently broke, their first week, like, broke the record for the, uh, for the theater. I, it's just in Yiddish. It, but apparently that's a thing. I, I was, I. The uh, I was actually talking to the producer of the show who also was working on one of my shows, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna do your show in Yiddish because it's like really, mm. it's really in." Well, I'm going to see it for the seventh time tonight. So, oh, are you really? Oh, I yeah. I really need to go. Ever like I was was telling him, and by the way, the producers love Jen. Well, she's great. They should love her. Of course, she's great. They should be paying uh, her more, but that's a different podcast. Well, everyone <laughs> should be get be getting paid more. We uh, made a quarter. We made a <laughs> twelve. No, we made twelve, 12 and a half, and a half cents. cents. Uh, well, we need to earn that we, next quarter, so we should probably get going here. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank the Lord. Okay. Here it is. The finally the damn episode. This is season one, episode four, part four, written by thus far the writer of the entire series, David E. Kelly, creator of the series, and directed by James Frawley, uh, who. As I rapidly click on the IMDb link, uh, you would know from uh, he directed the monkeys back in the day. Oh, that talk about the wow synchronicity. We just lost a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, like in real. I, I just laughed at that. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Died. I think uh, I think Peter P- Peter Dolan's passed away. Oh, well, that's too bad. Way to bring it down. <laughs> way, to, uh, way to laugh at it. Well, I, I mean, you say somebody says I lost a monkey, like you know, it's it, it's kind of a. <laughs> now you're making uh, me laugh. 
<laughs> uh, moving on, moving on. So Peter, Peter uh, Tork. Peter Tork died at seventy-seven uh, this past week. Okay. Well, <clears throat> so, sorry for laughing. Uh, best to you and your family. Uh, so James Wait. Frawley, who directed this, you might be interested to know, directed the Muppet movie. Oh. I I knew you'd get excited about that. Uh, so that was a, and then he has done an unbelievable amount mm. of TV stuff, but he started with the monkeys. He did 28 episodes of it back in the sixties and worked all the way up, uh, until 2009 when he did five episodes of Grey's Anatomy huh. and he did pretty much every show you can possibly think of, um, at that point. It's uh, so order and Columbo. It hasn't started yet. That's what I like about it. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet movie is hilarious. Sorry. Oh, Muppet movie is a classic. So, uh, yeah. So we have some sure-handed directing in this episode. I'm actually excited about this ep- to talk about this. Episode. I've actually been revisiting Columbo. I love Columbo. Really? It's funny to think that, like, I think we've talked about this prior, but before this sort of procedural re- rebirth on television, uh, detective stories, crime stories, were very noir-based. Were very almost to a point of camp. That's why I love going back and kind of watching Columbo. So here's my question, though. You're going back and watching Columbo, and you do a podcast with a guy who has a Murder, She Wrote spoof? Uh, I enjoy Murder, she, she, she Wrote as well. Although for some reason, uh, Peter Falk just kind of makes me laugh a little more than Angela Lansbury. Whoa. Whoa. Those are some strong words. There's, uh, oh, wait, <clears throat> hold on. Yeah, I object to that. Angela Lansbury is a goddess. Uh, <clears throat> I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying if, you know, you know, Peter Falk didn't write his own stories, so. Please take away your cease and desist, Angela. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Great. So, uh, let's, let's begin the show. All right. Season one, episode four, part four. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Lindsay Dole. Good morning. My name is Lindsay Dole. I represent the plaintiff. So she's standing in the uh, storage room with like boxes stacked up. She couldn't have done this at her desk. Well, she she made herself. Ladies a and fake gentlemen of the jury, good morning. Like my name is Lindsay there. Dole. I represent the man seated over there. That is an amazingly brutal '90s vest, Lindsay. So, all right, so to give some context here, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, we are right about to start the big tobacco trial that we have been uh, working on for the first three episodes. And at the end of the previous episode, Lindsay uh, became responsible for being the lead lawyer on that case. So here she is, nervously starting off. Which is actually a huge leap for Bobby. I mean, this is clearly the biggest potential financial windfall for them and he just has outsourced it to uh someone who he barely knows i guess because she always walks into his office and has a lot of questions like they've never seen each other at night so (laughs) like what do you do do you close a case so no but we've we've established that Lindsay is a very talented lawyer Yes, a lot Mr. of Pearson, man- mansplaining taking place. Any questions of this juror? Uh, uh, I have a few uh, questions, Your Honor. Egon. Permitted. It's not Egon. Anybody in your family smokes cigarettes, Mrs. Y- Stokes? Yeah, everyone. Oh, almost everybody at one point or another. Anybody have any health problems connected with cigarette smoking? Let's see. 
Well, my father had emphysema. Yeah. And my sister had a baby with birth defects. Yep. Two of my uncles had heart attacks, mm -hmm. and my aunt had to have a leg cut off because her vein shriveled up. And the doctors say it was all caused by smoking tobacco. Well, they should have started vaping because vaping is safe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you believe you could be... <laughs> no, that shit will kill you dead just as much as the other thing. Today's episode brought to you by The Jewel. Impartial uh, on a case about cigarettes? I believe I could. This is nuts. I don't think so. Four witnesses, the whole case. Look, we can't match experts with the tobacco industry. If we parade up scientists on a... Well, right here in the, in the foreground, you can see a, a late 90s computer, although that is hardly a late 90s computer. That is going way back. That, no, that's like an early 90s computer. That's, that's not even full color. So that's, this is 97. That looks like it was, that's pre-window. Or maybe that's Windows 3.1. No, that, well, maybe, but that definitely looks like DOS to me. Um, well, there's a, there's a, uh, why are we talking about this? But yeah. yes. I just want to read what that says. I wish I could. Parade up scientists on addiction PS or fam. Dopamine or whatever. We lose because whatever guns we got there. They got bigger ones. So how does putting up nobody Because we make our weaknesses our strength. Let them do their dog and pony show. Let them call their scientists with us. It's the unglamorous but simple truth. She smoked, she died, she smoked, she <clears> died, <throat> she smoked, she smoked, she is dead. This case is a long shot to begin with. Which Why gives are we us the right to take chances. Lindsay, where are you with your opening? I have a draft. Well, that, well, we're going to need you to do more than a goddamn draft, Lindsay. Make copies for everybody. Pick it apart. Eleanor, you prepare Emerson Ray. Eugene will take the doctor. Where are we on the photos? He'll be here tomorrow. Jimmy. Don't give me the dog work. Anderson Pearson's opening arguments in his three previous... I like that Jimmy's in. We needed him. We needed another piece to the puzzle. No, I, I think we did. Like, he's always welcome. Like, he's, he's so likable. All that which he, want, he just I said want the dog work, but he like feels like a pug. His pet arguments are yeah, you're the new you're the new guy. Phrases anything he likes to say. I want Lindsay to say it first. Founder, ex girlfriend of Ronald Martin, and he beat the hell out of her. See, we haven't had this yet. We haven't had like all the Avengers in the room together working it out. Everybody doing their thing. We've we've had a lot of uh, you know piecemeal stories. I like this. This is this vibe is psyching me up. Two years. What? Yeah. He even tried to strangle her once. Martin's family paid her to keep quiet. Eugene, the jury is already deliberating. It's still not too late. Uh, bring it back here. Got it. Okay, so this is the other case. Your Honor, this is ridiculous. The evidence in this case is closed. The jury is in deliberation. Hey! Certainly, the precedent exists. This is what? newly discovered. <laughs> what are you reacting to? This guy. John C. McGinley, we talked about him all, all of last episode. This is the continuation of the case of the uh, and tell them, oh, by the, the guy way, who strangled discovered a new witness. It's strangled the woman. The woman. Martin tried to strangle. We might as well just save the time and declare a mistrial right now. The jury oh, that's still going? That's still going. That's still going, yeah. yeah. We're like super serious. Free to disregard no. the witness. That's your specialty, Mr. Good. In when I was in Vietnam, Keith, they sell all these knockoff toys, right? And every time I saw a knockoff bow and arrow, I literally peed myself. <laughs> I was like, dangerous! Seriously, someone's gonna get shot through the throat. Right through the throat. Convincing people to ignore the truth. You know, I thought we were... I wish Mythbusters would do an episode of the torque necessary for an arrow to pierce and kill someone through the throat. I That would be a dark episode, but that is that would be interesting. Tomorrow on Mythbusters Jr. We're friends here. <laughs> All right, look. Ms. Morris, why is it that you didn't go to the police? Um, $300,000. And I wouldn't be here, except he said he would subpoena me. All right, look. Wow, Trump only pays 150000 to pay his people off. 
Yeah, right. Well, you know, he's, he's he he sort of discount everything. She accepted money in exchange for her. It's a good deal. I got some reliability problems. That reliability can certainly be the object of Mr. Good's gifted skills of cross-examination. Too kind, Your Honor. Too oh, kind. Quiet. Moreover, the probative value of her testimony is grossly outweighed by the prejudicial I like the impact. word probative. If Miss Morris gets up there and says that the it's defendant good tried to kill her, well, that's a bell you just can't unring. I'm not going to admit the testimony. Oh. Thank you, Your Honor. Which is a really interesting <clears throat> thing about the law here, that... It's so relevant, they can't put it in the case. In that, in like, so that they're trying him for murdering his girlfriend, and a previous, another woman is coming back saying, He also attacked me, which is, it's sort of crazy how the law works like this. Because as a jury, like, oh, well, yeah, clearly he did it, but they're not adjudicating both cases, they're only adjudicating that one case. I always find it interesting how at, 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 at times judges will strike things from the record or, or instruct the jury to disregard a previous piece of, of testimony because the truth of the matter is, is that that's kind of an impossibility, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and thus is the human element of our judicial system. You don't like it. No, I do. I, I do. Bobby said it's important for the jury to feel they know me. I understand your strategy. I do, but uh, your your high school field hockey record isn't exactly going to make our case. And uh, mm. whether or not you still have an appendix isn't really a burning question. <laughs> this guy talks good. Pearson, good talker. Well, that's a big help. What, what is Bobby, a seven-year-old? Why does he talk like that? This guy's good talker. It, Jimmy. Where I call him Bobby. You call him Bobby. <laughs> I'm doing well. We're having such a good episode. Don't what? you feel like this is going well, <laughs> I really Carl? Do. <laughs> Why does she put her field hockey thing in there? Why are they making her like she's never done this oh, before, Jimmy? Because she's never done this before. Oh, yeah. Uh, all three cases, he tells the jury the biggest asset to the defense is their common sense. Verbatim, all three openings, he says. More than all our expert testimony, more than all our unconvoluted, Fan. Sorry, unconverted Fan. evidence. What the defense is going for more than anything else is your common sense. The Those glasses. The wisdom of the reasonable person. That's good. What else? Well, he goes on a lot about uh, free society, personal choice. You know, we're, we're America. People are free to make their own decisions. Red, white, and blue. Then you know the usual. See, Jimmy is the over his high school like, field hockey record. Jimmy's the man here. <laughs> like he's he's a dummy, <laughs> but he's totally on top of it. Yeah, it's funny because Eugene and uh, Cameron Mayhem are just kind of keep giving each other like fancy or uh, little under the table looks. It's kind of very fancy buddy looks. Fancy looks. <laughs> Aren't you feeling some pressure? Some. A lot of comic I relief from these understand. two. That's a good screenshot. I'll, I'll take a screenshot of that. Directly so, I, I, well, hold on. I, I, I really wanted... I, I want you to tell me more about what a fancy look is. How does one make a fancy... <laughs> when is the appropriate time for a fancy look? You know, when, like, you don't want to, like, make fun of somebody, so you just look uh -huh. at the other guy and you, like, make eyebrows, and it's, it's sort of fancy. <laughs> Is it like holding your pinky up when drinking tea? Like No, no, no. That's a different fancy. That's like for the rich lawyers. This is like for friends. But like a fancy friends? I don't know that fancy was the right turn of phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I can back out of this one.
Now, how can the judge not let the jury hear this? Because it'll be too prejudicial, like you said. It would guarantee the guy a new trial. You know, it's funny. Bobby was really kind of being portrayed as an underdog uh, early on, and now he's sort of this all-knowing, omnipotent figure in this episode. Well, they, they talked through the whole time that he's a badass lawyer. He just is not successful They've right reached now. a verdict. Synth. Synth, but here comes the verdict. I love to watch these background jurors. You know, we find gold with them. We spent like two episodes on this, so this is clearly going to be important. Lots of walking in, lots of staring. Uh, Slow motion. Handing of the verdict. Bobby's late. Admiral Nechayov is reading it. <laughs> They're passing it, but a lot of close-up of hands. Just lots of... Actually, like, impressive camera work, because they're having to follow that in super zoom. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. What say you? I'm riveted. On the charge of first-degree murder. We find a defendant not guilty by reason of insanity. Not guilty. So he's in the like 0.8%. Yeah, it totally we worked. We find a defendant not guilty by reason of temporary insanity. Wow. On the charge of voluntary manslaughter, we find a defendant not guilty by reason On of On all charges. <laughs> it's that 90s haircut, I think. Well, he is very handsome. Bobby's pissed. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this completes your service. Malcolm's mom is so time. pissed. She is. And I want to also caution you that when you leave outside this of room, the middle, you may be subject of to herself. second guessing. Damn it! I want to emphasize to you that aside from the damn it, attorneys and myself, <laughs> you are actually the only people who. I called myself a comedian, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's true. You're. <laughs> <laughs> your dearth of comedy is pretty comical. Swing so, and a miss. It's just still spring. Yeah, it's still spring no, no, training. You're, you're playing like three dimensional chess right now with yeah, your comedy. You're right. Like it's hilarious. Uh, you're right. I'm very funny. I'm very funny. Heard all the relevant facts of this case. Liar. They oh, know less shit. about Ronald Martin than anyone. Get him out. You withheld the truth from Dr. this jury. Brown. The truth that he tried to kill somebody else. That judge Put him in let you know that. You withheld the truth. You withheld the truth. You, you're filth! You should die! You should die! You should die! You're filth! You're filth! Filth! We're on network TV, so it's filth, is what we're saying. I can only hope that one day I am pulled as a raving lunatic out of a courtroom yelling. Oh, that's, I feel like you're on a path, man. I thanks, think thanks, I think man. your dreams could come true. Better yet, that's like the uh, the 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 review blurb for your next show, Keith. <laughs> on a path to get yanked out of a uh, courtroom screaming filth. <laughs> wow. Since the defendant was judged on the basis of temporary insanity, and since Bam. the psychiatric reports attest to no such continuing condition, I have no choice but to release him. The defendant is free to go. The defendant has beat a murder rap. See, it, 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 we talked about this a little bit last week, but like, what the hell? Like, he gets just just gets to walk? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. 
because they didn't say he didn't murder the lady. No, they no said he's not responsible for it. But even in that case, family, like, but I think the jury realized just that like walk away. So, I mean, yes, we are dramatizing the situation. But as we read in that article last week, that very well researched article that I pulled up. <laughs> this shit happens. So there yeah. are families of victims. So what? Okay. Well, my God, this is this is an impossible question. But let's. Okay, you have to choose between. Uh, you know who the murderer of your loved one is, but they walk on a temporary insanity plea, or you're one of those true crime documentary families who never know who you know the mystery's unsolved. You never know what happened. Oh, that's a really good question. It's a little dark, but I guess we're gonna have to go no, down these a, roads. It's a little dark. I mean, I I think. All right, so I'm my own therapist, and I'm thinking through this. I think rage is more uh, overcomable than not knowing. I think I think the mystery and like wondering is not something that can be processed or dealt with, like because you're going to continue. It's gonna it's gonna be unresolved. Mm. Whereas like the rage, I think you know. Y- you can work on like that was a bad thing that happened that was unfair that's terrible but like I, at least i know what happened yeah no and the other thing i was thinking i and as i always say a better podcast would i would really like to uh have somebody explain to me what the purpose of the temporary insanity but you know obviously like it's there uh in the service of justice like, you know, in a situation where you're temporarily insane, uh, you know, and you're truly not responsible, like not g- being tra- being convicted for murder in that situation makes sense. But for me, that would be like if you had a schizophrenic break and you thought you were being chased by a, like a giant bag of Doritos through the, you know, through the grocery store, as opposed to I was just really mad. <laughs> and I that's, think- that's the that's the this the really parsed thing here is that they also found him not guilty to the manslaughter charge because generally you hear that kind of temporary insanity thing wrapped up in manslaughter or second degree murder you know i mean that's why we have a second degree murder that's why we have manslaughter so second degree i just snapped and third degree i didn't mean to and this is one step further right i didn't know it was happening and thus i'm and now i'm fine no it was yeah and i and i just like i don't for this particular, and maybe, you know what, again, we don't really know what the heck we're talking about, so this might not even be a situation that really happens. But if it does, like, I want to know, you know, because I'm generally on the defendant's, like, I, I'm, 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 you know, bleeding heart liberal, I'm on the defendant's side most of the time, if there's any, you know, if there's any uh, wiggle room there. But I'd just love to know, like, what is the, where, where is the, the justice in something like this and you know okay so let's say he really did have a psychotic break and he that's you need treatment those are my feelings i i i I look forward to the objection next episode yeah i will say that i coming to mind and google right away (laughs) this isn't murder but a high profile case where uh the plaintiff was acquitted or the defendant was acquitted because of the temporary uh, insanity defense is the Lorena Bobbitt case. Oh, well, that's that's interesting. Although I think the the difference there is 
you have a you know a long history of systematic abuse mm-hmm. so that you know she she made a a rash decision but she was defending herself she had been traumatized she'd been abused like that that wouldn't apply in the situation here she was also uh committed to a mental hospital for 5 weeks afterwards yeah you know and i i i think i think that part makes perfect sense where you're you know it's sort of a self defense in a longer term sense as opposed to like there's a guy chasing me with the axe so i shot him self defense in the immediate this is a more of a self defense in the longer term he you know he'd been systematically abusive he'd been awful and so she was protecting herself maybe that particular moment she wasn't in physical danger but she had been in danger for a long period of time see that makes a lot of that makes perfect sense to me mm. uh because it's basically a self defense but in this case he's just an asshole who killed his girlfriend yeah you shouldn't do that just a tip you know <laughs> <laughs> Way to take a stand. Out of practice, takes a stand. You shouldn't kill your girlfriend. I just wanted to say just a tip. I know what I tell him. I can't explain. Oh, that rose above crickets to a boo. This is such a perversity. That's enough. That's enough. Thank you. I said that's enough. Are you okay? He gets to have children. What? Ronald Martin, he... He, he gets to have a life. He can, he can have children. He can, he can, he, he can oh, buy a Danny, boat Danny, and take Danny, them sailing. Danny. I'm getting a little, a little seasick from the handheld camera here. A There's a lot of handheld, a lot of extras. She's dead. Listen Donna can't have Danny, a child. listen to me. Gerald needs you now. You got to go back there and you got to be with him. You're the man's rabbi. He needs you now. Well, he really pulled his shit together fast there. Bobby did. No, uh, the rabbi. Oh. Bobby. You are so very Well, he's not. Well, hold on. You. Hold on. That's not the father of the victim. That's the father's rabbi. Right, 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 right. But he was like kind of freaking out. Well, I wish that I could tread on and your he, he had to get his shit together. My face no, no. Because you get him off just the same as I do. Yeah, but I don't have as much fun. Yeah, but you do it just the same, don't you, Bobby? I said get out of my face. Man, stand down, handheld. So They're close. About to kiss. So close. They were either going to punch or kiss. That was definitely what was happening there. Margaret Ray became addicted. Did she want to quit smoking? Of course. But she couldn't. She tried. Wrong. What wrong? Lindsay's practice on her uh, opening. We should say she's to blame too. The whole office is, it's like a little like uh, We can't admit liability. I mean, that'll play right into his contributory negligence defense. Millions of people quit smoking every year. Margaret Ray could have too. Uh, let's just admit it. She's a little to blame, but they're to blame more. And Jane's right. Now, this right here is really smart strategy. Like, Eugene's like on his shit here. We will be introducing evidence that will establish... Uh, look at the jury. You want to do the case, Eugene? Why don't you do it? Lindsay, oh, are you not touchy, ready to touchy. do this? We're not ready, Bobby. You're not ready. Who are we kidding? This whole streamlined strategy? It isn't strategy. We have no choice. We don't have the experts. Looks like Bobby tidied up a little bit in his office. Any. We don't have the, the, oh, the, the yeah. science on addiction because All we didn't of a sudden, do the like, It's We're a real office. Because that's what we have. Nothing. And you're throwing me this I think it's Jimmy. I think Jimmy might be the mate. But because yeah. you don't want to be the one to take the fall. Finally put the tire on the, the car. Lindsay's a little stressed. I'm sorry. 
I'm just nervous. I'm sorry. Listen, I, I can do the case. No. No. I'm ready. Well. I'll be fine. Hmm. I apologize. It's all right to be nervous tomorrow, Lindsay. In fact, I think you might be more effective well, seeing. What was that nervous, sound but... right there? Oh, it might have been me getting an email. Oh, well, I was like, who's got a cell phone on this show? That doesn't seem to... <laughs> if you're going to come on down... Oh, it's from I Amazon. Won't. I get $50 off a new I'm smart ready. tablet. Yes. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. They're all thinking it. Whoa! Okay, that's what phones were. Okay, now we've distinguished yeah. between uh, phones. The travel weather what? report. Time travel. Gun in a bag. We got a sea story here? Just you wait. Attorneys. What is that car? Is that his equity card? Yes. Wait for it. Can't. I'm getting dizzy. Oh, shit. Hey, you. The guy who just got off for temporary insanity was in a car accident. Been killed in his car. This man, get Miranda. There's a gun. Remember? Nobody says anything to him, detective. How could I forget? It was yeah, very close up. Doctor Braun, we'll talk down in the precinct until I get to you. Don't say a single word to anybody. Okay, we got it, Bobby. Every episode, you tell people to shut up. Yeah, but you see who's in the car there? It's the victim's father. Lots of staring and looking confused. Commonwealth of Massachusetts versus Gerald. Wait a second. So is that the judge chain smoking? That is the judge chain smoking. Gerald Braun, murder in the first degree. Wave reading, Your Honor, plead not guilty. Bail. Your Honor, Dr. Braun cannot be considered. I know we've talked about this many times. When was smoking... Oh, yeah, Bobby is smoking in, inside in one of the earlier Inside, episodes, yeah. So. Like, apparently that's... It's funny for a, uh, about for a show all about... I submit Dr. Braun's violence is obviously Bam. limited to Ronald Martin, the man who murdered his daughter. I don't agree with that, Your Honor. I feel my life is endangered by this man. How so? The defendant harbors a fair amount of animosity towards me. Insofar this proceeding doesn't concern you. Mr. Good. Thank you, counsel. It's but scrubs, if you don't know. has a very nasty habit of discharging firearms into the brains of people who displease him. I was just looking up, uh, it wasn't until July of 2004 that smoking was banned in workplaces, restaurants, and bars. Uh, On a national level? No, in Boston. Oh, in Boston? Yeah. 2004, jeez. Hmm. Well, but, but I do remember that bars had the exception for a long time. A long like, time, it, yeah. Like, we were living... He, here in New York when they finally shot it down in New York, thank God. 2004 still sounds so contemporary, but that's what, like 15 years ago. Yeah. I'll reserve yeah, I mean, my like, right that to was be like concerned. Iraq Honor, War. And who might you be? My name is Daniel Warner. I'm Gerald Braun's rabbi, and I can represent to this forum that he is not a threat to this community. Might we have the first grade teacher, the defendant as well, Your Honor? The synagogue of B'nai Zion will so they're going heavy-handed with this smoking thing. But really, really. <laughs> the judge, in, in, in an amazing screen cap that I have to get right now, is lighting a cigarette with his last cigarette 
And it is just hysterical. That's that's really going for it. <laughs> Vouch for Dr. Braun's character. He has no prior record. He's a like very Like if cancer had an emoji, he that would be it. Private time to community service your honor. Loner keeps to himself. Keep talking. Bail is set 1 million 250 bond. <laughs> Slightest provocation Dr. Brown. So it is a cool moral just juxtaposition here. The the man was acquitted, the, the victim right. is acquitted of murder. The husband, or the husband, the father of the victim is the now charged as a murderer, and now we're going to equivocate the two. That's right. And it'll be revoked. That's all. What the hell are you doing? I'm trying to help, Jerry. He shouldn't be treated like some common criminal. you, you don't speak. I do. You clear on that? Looks like you got yourself on okay. now, Bobby. Go ahead, keep talking. That's... I don't know how you live with yourself. Go ahead. Huh? You just representing people yeah. like that. Yeah. It cuts please, both please. ways. See, here's, huh? So I have a question here. So Bobby and this other lawyer, uh, who def- who was the defense attorney for the uh, the original killer, they've they've been fighting all episode. Like they hate each other. I don't understand where the animosity is coming from. Yeah, and when they keep talking about, I guess they're trying to draw, yeah, they're drawing like, the distinction that, oh, you represent bad guys too, so we're the same, uh, but now, I, I now just, the other guy's on a high the, horse, it's weird. Yeah, like, what, like, what's the conflict? They're not actually in conflict in court or in life, they're both just sort of doing their job, but they're, they're at each other's throats all episode, and I don't quite understand why. I think there's a little jealousy in the fact that Bobby's very, very handsome. That's true. That's true. But, you know, John C. McGinley, you've got a good career coming, so you're fine. Got a lot of scrubs residuals coming. So much scrubs. All right, I want that wonderful brain of yours to check every... We're now back in the smoking case. Right. Bobby's on time, which is nice to see. Oh, hey, look at that. So she's going to do her open now. Yeah. So the courtroom here actually has a sense of decorum, like you'd imagine, and not 10,000 people, like, wandering around playing the maracas. Lots of close-ups. Attaches. Lots of close-ups. Lots of bags. Books. Paper. Eugene. Mm. Eugene I- is all about the intimidation moves. Yes, just He's so baller. very weird. The, the toothpick thing, just... Close-ups of him sniffing real hard. It's awesome. I gotta start doing those things to people. All rise. <laughs> like being a giant alpha. Case number 42132, the estate of Margaret Ray versus T.O. Michaels Corporation. All right, hold on. Judge presiding over this case is none other than Richard McGonagall, who uh, has done a tremendous amount of good character work over the years. Uh, he does voices on Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Uh, he does, and uh, Batman: The Brave and Bold. Mm. He did. Uh, he does a lot of voiceover. Interestingly, um, he is also on Boston Legal later as a different uh, character, Danny Crane. As Denny Crane uh, did a whole bunch of stuff. He also plays General Grievous on the uh, Star Wars Clone Wars oh, show. Okay, uh, he's going to do sixteen episodes of the practice as this judge, and has a different character in the spinoff. But of course, for me, and I, I definitely need to put a sound cue like Keith makes everything about Star Trek. Hmm. But he played uh, Barclay's boss on Star Trek Voyager. 
And, uh, yeah, no, it's very important. And he also did a voice on Howard the Duck mm. back in the day. And speaking of, like, useless uh, theater trivia, do you know who the voice of Howard the Duck is? I did know this at one point, uh, which is a short way to say no. Uh, Chip Zion. Oh, wow. Okay. Is the voice of Howard the Duck. Interesting. Who, who if, uh, if you're not a ridiculous theater nerd uh you would know as the original baker and in into the woods uh someone's gonna come and take our quarter away any any minute now so here we <laughs> he once gave me beans jelly beans. donald ready for trial your honor mr pierce yeah ready for trial your honor is that a thing do they say that that's very cool let's bring in the jerk so they must sweat cut they probably will be tied up until after lunch fan Fan. Fan. We wait. Need to go back and do screenshots of every fan in the series. So many fans. Is there any? So he's out on the million dollar bail. Yeah. He's got and some. What money. is it you could provide for me, Ms. Washington? Jerry, stop it. I'm not asking you to hold my hand. I'm sick of you. Damn. Sick of everybody. Just leave me. Um, so this yeah, a good monologue. Listen here for the last year, everybody looks at me. How sad, how, how, how sorry. What can we do? Anything we can do? There's nothing anybody can do. Nothing. But I'm not a victim anymore. Okay, no. No, I'm not. I shot him. I shot him. And I watched his neck explode. And then I heard him gurgle. And it was joyous. He suffered. And I thank God above, he had time to know why he was dying. So there's really nothing I need from you. So that's a good first draft. Um, before we present that to the jury, though, I have a couple of suggestions. <laughs> yes, yeah, so maybe he shouldn't testify? I'm feeling that the automatopoeia of the word gurgle isn't helping create any sense of sympathy for you. Oh, 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 wait, should, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying I'm not coming off as super sympathetic when I talk about enjoying his suffering and the and his neck exploding? Yeah, um, I'm glad that you had a good night with it, but do you... But I, I, I feel like, you know, when you're telling a story, the details are really uh, what brings it alive. So like, you know, the... Of the, of the blood spurting out of the hole in the neck that I made mm -hmm. and my enjoyment of it... You know, it's, it's better storytelling. I agree with you on some respects. I just want to leave you with this final point. Okay. Do you know it is less enjoyable? Hmm. Federal pound me in the ass prison for the rest of your life. So, so I, I should make it a little happier. Let's just go ahead and omit it entirely. Okay. So I, so I made an extra juice. breathing hole, and the happy juice came out. The sound. Print it. <laughs> It was joyous. 
We'll hear the so that's a great statement. Like it's a great monologue, and interestingly, I think justifies you giving him best actor for previous episode. Well, uh, you know, can can he reclaim it? All right. So here's another thing. Uh, Lindsay's about to do her opening here. We should just let it run because I think it's really good. Good morning. My name is Lindsay Dole. I'm the attorney representing Mr. Emerson Ray. And I'm wearing a gigantic jacket. Donald, mm. Who I know you have already met. Another terrible We will be vest. setting out to prove that cigarettes manufactured by the defendant, T.L. Michaels, caused Mr. Ray's wife, Margaret, to develop lung cancer and vascular disease, which then caused her death in 1994. Sip of water. I was instructed not to do that. To drink water. I mean, Mr. Donald told me, since none of you have water, it's possible you could resent me for having it. So I was determined not to drink it. But, well, this is my very first jury trial. And as soon as I stood up, my mouth went dry. Sorry. The opening statement, as you know, is not evidence. Instead, Very deliberate. Very deliberate. Very smart. It's sort of a preview of the evidence we intend to show you. I'm sure you're aware that product liability cases can potentially drag on forever, and you might be worried about that. She looks like she's doing a Charlie Chaplin. There's medical information, scientific evidence, technical data with respect to cigarettes. Are they addictive? Do they cause cancer? Did they cause Mrs. Ray's cancer? Was that cancer the exact cause of her death? To prove all of this to an exact certainty, we would have to be putting up expert witnesses for weeks. We are not going to do that. We don't need to. Emerson Ray will tell you how his wife smoked cigarettes on and off for 52 years. Cigarettes manufactured by the defendant. Her treating doctor will tell you that they killed her. See, I, so that's such a, like, I, I think it's just really good writing. It's really good storytelling. You know, both of her performance being nervous in that situation it's really smart strategy for them and we'll get more into it later but like the strategy of not even trying to you know uh fight the tobacco company's resources with experts that kind of stuff like the minute you sort of take all those things off the table it really really makes a big difference Rabbi. so we're going to get more into it but i really Where's like the that i watched that news magazine show they've invited me and bobby to go on what tonight they're doing some piece about Jeremy Leonard Good is going on, so is Father O'Brien. Where's Bobby? Whoa, 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 whoa. They're in the middle of opening arguments. You're not going in there. Oh, the show is tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you just wait for us back at the office. You ain't going in there. Her doctor I, like, will I really like Jimmy. Talk about this photograph. Yeah. I'm not going to call him Bobby anymore. Corroded by the carcinogens Aww. of cigarettes. And you will believe... I remember growing up uh, in school, for some reason, both my parents smoked. And every time they would mm. show the pic, this picture here of the black lung, right? The like dead lung from smoking. I would get so afraid that my parents were going to die and like go home and beg them to stop smoking. Well, of course. Like, you mean like, what do you mean for some reason you would feel that way? Like you saw the fucking black lung. Of course. It's like, that's why they do it. It's, it's that's, fun. That's, it's, it's interesting because I think less kids these days have to do go through that. I, th I mean, the percentage of people who smoked when we were kids is, was yeah. astronomical. Dr. Clark, because he is the only doctor who actually treated Margaret Ray. It's tough. And Side note, my dad did die of smoking or of cancer, so. Did there, he really? There you go. As for whether cigarettes cause lung cancer. This and other happy news brought to you by 
We will not be calling witnesses. Hey, hey did you hear one of the monkeys died? <laughs> I did. We 77. We, we lost a, a monkey. We, we had a good run. run. Cigarette packages themselves. Hey, hey, where the monkeys? Hey, hey, where are the monkeys? People say we monkey around. We're too busy. Selves. Smoking <laughs> causes lung cancer. Cigarette smoke contains carbon monoxide. These are the warnings of the Surgeon General. Smoking hmm. causes lung cancer. Yeah, it's a warning we on the package. We will present evidence that cigarette no. companies manipulate the levels of nicotine. We will be presenting evidence of a two-year investigation conducted by the FDA in which it found nicotine to be addictive. So much, in fact, that the FDA now regulates cigarettes as drug delivery devices. Hmm. But this trial is not about whether cigarettes are addictive, so we won't be calling witnesses to prove that proposition. Addictive or not, we're not going to stand before you and declare Margaret Ray was a helpless victim who had no choice but to smoke. We won't be saying she was blameless. In fact, maybe she's a lot to blame. I mean, T.L. Michaels didn't force her to smoke. Mm. We're not even arguing that cigarettes should be banned. We live in a free society. That's one of the things we're proud of in this country. It was a slippery slope once you start arguing that people shouldn't have the right to make personal choices. And Margaret Ray chose to smoke cigarettes. Make no mistake. She bears responsibility. Of course she does. All we're saying is so does the defendant. Not all of it. So she just systematically cut through see, all of their defenses. Or alcohol or even guns. This is a product even when you use it carefully it can still kill you. They put out a product when used as directed causes cancer. It's the plaintiff's contention. Isn't this a stronger case as a class action? When their product does kill somebody, they should bear some we'll get into that. responsibility. Just a little. Just a little bit. Oh, double back with that water. Sorry, it's doing pretty well. <laughs> We will only be putting on three, maybe four witnesses. Unless they're cross-examined in perpetuity, we expect to rest our case by Friday. It's possible the defendant will put up 60 witnesses. That's how many are on their list. I don't know, or really care. You see, in the end, the strongest part of our case will be you. Your common sense, your seat of the pants wisdom. And when their umpteen experts tell you cigarettes are non-addictive or don't cause cancer... She didn't call them stupid better. like last time. We won't have to tell you. Your stupid opinion. Lastly... You're too stupid to know. This lawsuit is about compensating Mr. Ray for his loss. I think we all know you can't really do that. He lost his wife of 43 years. Her death was slow... And it was painful. I like the flip here. Usually we spend you know, the kind of climaxes, we hear the close, right? I like right. getting to hear the open here. As Mr. Ray's lawyer, I suppose I should attempt to tap into his grief so you people can feel it. Well, that's another thing I won't be doing in this trial. I would never presume to be able to articulate his pain. Nor would I presume... You know, current day, all these close-ups is, is a much harder shoot with, like, with HD the way it is. It's, yeah. a, it's a much more creative decision to, to, to use this much close-up. Your ability to truly feel it. Yeah. Unless Standard definition's pretty uh, forgiving. 
usually don't see extras get as much close up as they do in this as well. What no. I will try to tap into, however, is his. It anger. doesn't always work out, but the woman he loved died <laughs> from smoking their cigarettes, and he received no apology, no condolences, not even the slightest admission that they are at all blameworthy. Maybe corporations, if they're big enough, don't have to apologize. This is going on Maybe six minutes. Maybe corporations can put advertisements like this yeah. on billboards all across the country, or like this. Enticing people to use a product that could give them cancer. The Joe Camel uh, probably stand in will there. give them cancer and feel no remorse. I mean, 1997. This is a pretty big editorial swing. No, it definitely is. In prime time. In prime time, and uh, I'll t- I was going to talk about it later, but like, it's it's yeah. I mean, and that's I think that's one of the the great strengths of David E. Kelly's work throughout is that he always takes big swings at stuff that's a little dangerous at the time and that's one of the reasons i like the show the defendant tl michaels generates revenues exceeding 28 billion dollars a year they make more than 76 million dollars a day egon is uncomfortable objection this is totally irrelevant overruled egon's getting his ass kicked right now (laughs) he just asked us to believe that the money they make has no relevance. Jay. You will also be hearing from a scientist who formerly worked for the World Health Organization. He will testify that three million people She's got a British accent? die from smoking. <laughs> That's a long monologue. One person every 10 seconds. One person every 10 seconds. This case is only about Margaret Ray. This case is only about her suffering and his. And yet I still cannot bring myself to call it irrelevant that in the short time I've been delivering my opening statement, they took in another million dollars or so and 50 more people died. There's something wrong with that picture and that one and that one. And if a corporation makes billions and billions of dollars while its product continues to kill and kill no and kill. None. If we just chalk that up to free society, well, there's something wrong with that picture as well. Give me that water. Now... Okay, so here, yeah, seriously, slow clap for that. So, this, I think, is, if I if I were to show somebody five minutes of why you should watch this show, it would be this five minutes. And because it's, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot here. It's, it's good performance. It's really good writing. It's, the pace, you slow down. There, you know, like obviously David E. Kelly is making an argument to the TV audience Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And treating your TV audience like adults and like didn't need to spice it up, didn't need to do anything crazy, just a calm, adult, rational uh, opinion being made here. And I think it's just like this, this is why I like the practice. So if we get to like, why did I pick the show? Why did I like watching the practice? It's because for seven minutes 
on national television in 1997, we got the best argument against cigarette companies out there. Because, you know, you, you would never be able to make that argument on the news. You'd never, they'd never give you time to do it. You'd never allow it to just run like that. So it's actually doing some good in the world, putting that argument out there. And I think it was like, perhaps impactful. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, I was gonna, I, 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 it crossed my mind to say that it was almost Sorkin-esque. However, oh, definitely. In ways, but it's, it's much more stripped down. It's less sensationalized. It's almost less, it's, it's very less, um, uh, meticul- stylized. meticulously stylized. Yeah. You know, it's pretty just plain wording with no underscoring, no, uh, dramatic enhancement, just sort of straight up decent writing. Yeah. It's it's literally just her talking and her words making a lot of sense. It's really good TV. Uh, and to go back into the trivial nonsense of it, Laramie cigarettes takes a you see all the time in TV no, no, shows. No, no, no. It You're used to be a real company, but when it died, it became the stand-in fake cigarettes on every TV huh. show in history. So you saw it, you saw it on The Simpsons, The X Files, like the Smoking Man and the X Files smoked Laramies in video games, so on and so forth. So if you want to uh, put in a a real cigarette company that doesn't exist, I don't, was it real? Whatever it is. It's the, it's the fake cigarette of every TV show, uh, like Beyond Network, Beyond Writers, whatever. It's interesting that you see it all the way through. Yeah, you did base that whole premise on it being real at one point, so that might show up in next week's objections. We'll see. <laughs> Good. With a case pending. Then who speaks up for Gerald? Let me do it. If you don't want to appear, I can... You! Leonard Good is a professional advocate. He'd chew you up like a breath bin. No offense. I won't debate him. I'll just say Jerry Uh, shouldn't be automatically condemned. He lost his daughter. He shouldn't be vilified. That's all. uh, It's too dangerous. Better that than let Leonard Good go... Our crack set of researchers are just back with... It was, in fact, a brand of cigarettes uh, that existed from the 30s to the 50s. Ha ha! I'm awesome! Well, oh, unopposed. Jerry I did look that up. I just didn't remember what there the uh, result was. Public opinion is going to count big, especially if we try to plead. A little spin wouldn't hurt. If we do, we just offer perspective. We don't get argumentative, Danny. I promise. The rabbi's going to blow this shit up on TV, I have a feeling. Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. this is a terrible idea. Don't go on TV. Rebecca? Are you kidding me? I- like the first <laughs> Looking thing at you, Roger Stone. To, I have Anderson yeah, right? on three. He first thing Bobby says to everybody is, don't say anything, dumbass. Oh, I thought don't he go said, on TV. go on TV, dumbass. Discuss settlement. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay, when? Their office tonight, 7 o'clock. Tell them yes. But don't sound too excited. I am not going to sound excited. Please, just pick it up. We've got all the Avengers together Hello. again. Yes, 7 o'clock would be fine. Thank you. It's a trick. It's an ambush. I what feel it. ambush? How are they going to okay, ambush okay. Look, us? Look, 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 look. We got to... First off, we are all... Cigarette company has called. Army, they want to so make a uh, Second, we got to pick a number high and a low. Uh, how about anything? Oh, no, forget it. We're ahead. Her opening was brilliant. Look, I say nothing short of half a mil. What They'll are you never crazy? Yeah. Come on. What are we waiting on? Come on. Hear what they have to say. It's just They're all shouting at each other again. How can you go to a meeting? You're supposed to go on TV. Oh, I can't miss that meeting. You want me to do it alone? No! <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah! Just give me some number two pancake. I'm ready. Uh, so I All like a fan. man who knows All what type of makeup he needs. Yeah, that was very specific, very quickly. 
Number two pick. Well, I, you know Don't what? I, I have a theory. I think uh, Jimmy, he might have a drag have persona. on this? Yes. Pancake. Pancake. Let's numbers. <laughs> His drag persona uh, is number two pancake. Number two pancake. That's actually pretty hysterical. Somebody Photoshop that. Ladies and gentlemen, bring it to the stage. Number two pancake. Number two pancake. All right, so what, what song does uh, number two pancake dance to, you think? Sarah Lee, man. <laughs> We're watching the numbers at the elevator. We're nervous in the elevator. Let me do the talking. We got it, Whatever number they throw, don't anybody's eyes bug out. No eye bugging. We'll just play this easy. Forget easy, Bobby. Let's hardline. You don't hardline the tobacco. Try to case just to drive it between our cheeks. Uh, we're fa- are they going to serve tea? Uh, I hope so. They're all walking in like the Avengers, like you said. Interesting camera angle. We're real low. Yep. Shiny table. Same nope. table used in the Muppet movie. No water. On condition of secrecy, sign confidentiality statements, no admission of liability... T.L. Michaels is prepared to offer $425,000 structured over two years. That offer is rejected. That offer is only being made because sometimes it's cheaper to shoo away a mosquito rather than to slap it dead. Look, I'm not going to pretend that we measure up here on legal talent, but let's be honest. You wouldn't be making any settlement if you weren't anxious. Anxious to avoid a protracted trial. That's all. I understand, but we have taken away your defense. Bobby's poker your strategy face is of blaming solid. the victim gone. We Super. already blamed her. You know, and, and here's the thing, though. Being a like, $425,000 is... It's got to be what they pay in the legal thing for, like, three hours. With yeah. all those lawyers. Addictive? Gone? We're not arguing addiction. Your medical, technical wizardry saying that cigarettes don't cause cancer? We want you to argue that one. You know, we might be crazy, but there's a climate out there right now. States are suing tobacco companies for health costs associated with smoking. We are taking the gamble that the public... So, guys, in this episode, this is the writer's room, Keith. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a great episode. I need to... Th- we're going to throw as much exposition about uh-huh. the state of the cigarette argument in this country in this episode yeah. as possible. So, I'm going to need my crack team of researchers to pull up as much data as humanly possible, because it's going Okay. In. So, crack team of researchers, so anybody except for Keith and Mike. Yeah, yeah. And those jurors, they already know that you're the bad guys. You've already lost one. Just a matter of time before a jury in Massachusetts is going to want to pinch you. And if we get them there, to the point where they want you to feel a sting, even a little sting, imagine. Bobby, we both know it's not a little sting. Ten million isn't even a pimple. You rake in 76 million a day. A day. More data, more think numbers. If killing Margaret Ray, you should forfeit just one day's proceeds. Or even half a day. And here's the biggest thing of all. Most victims don't bother to sue because you're just too big a windmill. What if you should ever lose a jury trial to a plaintiff who puts on so simple a case? Four witnesses? No autopsy needed? We'd be profiled in every legal journal. Mike Wallace would be in my office. And plaintiffs would suddenly be coming out of the woodwork. Bobby's killing it. Killing it? There have been some great monologues in this episode. All yes, there out. have. Don't you? No. 
Mr. Pearson, we don't. We're just guessing. I admit that, but suppose we guess right. Can you really afford to take that kind of chance? Can you? With your contingency fee, you're turning down $150,000. Yeah. Now, Twice the loan that Jimmy got fired I for. I suspect you could use <laughs> that money. And that's okay. He's got his number two pancake career. We reject your offer. Let's go. Autobots, transform and roll out. Just turned down half a million dollars. Sure did. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to do my best lawyer. I want you to okay, yes. offer me the half a million. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, look, on a condition of... Uh, of uh, Nothing gets out. We accept no liability. I'll give you uh, one half of a million Hell yeah! I'll write that check, baby. <laughs> nice. Are you crazy? 400000 We were authorized to take anything over three. I was authorized to reject it. I'm not sticking to it. So, so right here in that moment, I was watching this. I watched with the close. I always watch with the closed captions on. And all it said was all arguing. <laughs> it didn't even bother to like close caption that scene. This is a butter side up, butter side down kind of thing. But what kind of monsters watch with the closed captioning? Well,. It, I mean, a it's while while I was able how I was able to figure out that uh, Eleanor's boy like uh, boy toy likes uh, dancing in Maine, <laughs> not Mame. True, that was important, and it's also just sort of interesting to. Uh, I I I think like when there are discrepancies, stuff like this, like I, I it's almost like if I were really better at this, I'd actually be reading the like the original script. Which for a lot of shows like those scripts are available because I'd love to know like what is like what did the the shooting script actually say? What were the stage directions in there? What direction did they give the actors? Uh, I think that would be really fascinating. They're just sort of not available. So if anybody out there, so listener singular, that is an uh, interesting it, podcast. I want to listen to that podcast. We need to get these scripts, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. So so listener, if you happen to have a PDF of every episode of the practice's original shooting script, please. Shoot it our way, because I'd love well, to... Shoot it Keith's way, because me and my ISP have had words. We were broke. We at least... <laughs> oh, I mean, Allegedly. I've heard. I'm going to attach these to your lapels. You don't have to speak directly into them. Is my forehead sweating? Uh, this way, gentlemen. Number two pancake! Number two! All right, so we're on a big... Uh, TV set here. Good evening and welcome to Prime Watch. I'm Susanna Riley. Tonight, the stunning events surrounding the Martin trial. Okay, so here's and so here's a question. Prime Watch is the uh, TV no, show that they're on right now. Tonight, it, maybe it looks like it's going to be like a national show, right? Uh, because otherwise, they wouldn't really do this. They don't really have local shows like that. If so, why is it filmed in Boston? Hmm. Like what? What you know? Like, what's the equivalent of those shows? Uh, uh, twenty twenty. Like yeah, twenty twenty. Like nobody shoots in Boston, and I love Boston. I'm a diehard Bruins fan, so like I know my Boston, love my Boston. But like, I don't think they shoot any national TV shows there. 
That what makes you think that? Comment yeah. 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 He turned what? Ed I'm chirping my own damn, damn self. Right, Ed two. We were hoping for three Ed two. Listen to me, all of you. They have a huge interest in settling this before the actual trial starts. As soon as a witness takes that stand, they're in trouble, and they know it. Why? Why? Because if they can get rid of it now, they can sell it publicly as a nuisance settlement. As soon as the trial's in progress, any settlement is perceived as a defeat. That's why they had this meeting tonight. They, they, they want to make this go away before Fan. the trial gets started. But you turned so it many down. Fans. Four isn't enough. The, the, they're going to make another offer. You hope? Yes, I hope. I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope. Ah, look, look. Here they go. Oh, God, help us. Strange to find two religious tiny little black and white TV in their office. Case. But even more strange that each of you seems to be embracing the respective murderer, if you will. I neither embraced nor condoned what Ronald Martin did. I simply offered him forgiveness. Okay. Why? He murdered a girl. For which well, he was judged to be insane at the time. But there was no suggestion of insanity at the time Father O'Brien forgave him. Easy, Danny. Rabbi, which demands total forgiveness. Yes, it also talks about eye for an eye, which is about avenging evil. Truth be told, Dr. Braun's crime was far worse than Ronald Martin's. What? Ronald Martin's mm. act was of an insane impulse. Dr. Braun's, however, was deliberate, premeditated, and therefore more repugnant. An opinion you would quickly change, of course, should Dr. Braun put you on retainer. I take exception You're to that, You're hardly an arbiter Rabbi. of what's repugnant. Ronald Martin was a murderer. You celebrated the night you freed him. As did you. Your point from earlier, Keith, is just bold, fonted, and underlined in my head right now watching this. So here's Bobby who tells everybody to shut up. But instead, he sends right. his newest lawyer and the rabbi of the guy who has nothing to do with this case on TV, and he's just sitting there watching it. Yeah. Like, what possibly could happen here? That's bad. When Everything. When Dr. Braun was granted bail. Right now, an admitted killer is out walking on the streets. Well, who put who back on the streets, Mr. Good? Oh, no. His cheeks are flushing. If someday you are charged... With a crime, Rabbi. How could you tell? We're Would so desaturated. Would you hire somebody who feels more responsible for society's fate or your own? That's one way of looking at it. Another way is if I were murdered, you'd be standing first in line to get my killer please, off. Please, please. This guy's good. Rabbi, you believe that all accused criminals are entitled to a defense. A, a truthful defense, but that's not what he offers. The jury never got to hear the truth in Ronald Martin's trial. They never knew that he previously tried to kill another girl because he suppressed that information. Your problem is with the Constitution. No, no, his problem is with lawyers like you who use the Constitution to get off scum like Ronald Martin. He's not scum. Stop. Wait a minute, the Jimmy. Do you know what a defense attorney is? A def You're a defense attorney. Their job is to use the Constitution to protect their clients. Man, he's dead. There's nothing wrong with slandering dead murderers. I read the Bible. That's ridiculous. Gen please. What if everybody Number two. who was unhappy with a verdict took it upon themselves to exact revenge? A lot of injustice would occur, but this isn't such a case. And Jerry Braun shouldn't be crucified because of what might hypothetically happen if you don't condemn him on some legal principle when morally, it's not so simple. No. If Gerald Braun came to you before and said, oh, by the way, I'm going to kill Ronald Martin. I hardly think you'd give him your moral blessing. Well, you would be wrong, Mr. Good. Because Dr. Braun did come to me, and I did give him my blessing. What? Oh, Wait a snap. Second. Wow. You told Gerald Braun that it was okay to shoot Ronald Martin? Well, he, he never said that. I said 
between Ronald Martin going free and Ronald Martin being dead, it was more moral for him to be dead. Mother of God. Paige, Jimmy, Ooh. as soon as they go off the air, tell them to drag Danny's ass in here. I don't believe this. That's you know, not... here, here's well, the part where... Well, I mean, sorry, Bobby. Could have prevented that one. Yeah, I, if only somebody had thought this was a bad idea. I, I tell you what, that I I wish that I had the ability to screenshot Deggs's face during all the <laughs> twists and turns of this episode, because it's been amazing. That was crazy. I kind of thought maybe he did it, but... All right. That's the second time. I, that is the second crazy face you've made this episode. We're doing well. Well, that's crazy. No. <laughs> Somewhere there's like a video of us talking to each other over the internet of us watching, and it would be interesting to nobody. Oh, I have all of those faces. them. I have all of them in case one day yes, it's demanded. Yes, Mr. Donner. <laughs> By who? Listen, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be impolite. <laughs> well, sure. Like I'd say, like, our mothers? No, our mothers aren't listening to this. <laughs> Oh, God, no. My brother, I think. What? Maybe? Here? Yes, here. Please, whatever he offers, just say yes. Thank you, Rebecca. Here? Yes, here. Hide Bobby's the tire! Hide the tire! Very, very upset. Why? Why? You encourage Dr. Braun to commit a homicide. This is not an appropriate thing rabbis should do with their congregants. Mr. Warner? Yes? Detective Robert Bell, Boston Police. Could you place your hands behind your back, please, sir? What? Why? Accessory to murder? All right, all right, all right, all right. Let, let's get him arraigned tonight. If we do it tomorrow, the press will be all over. Jimmy, can you handle the arraignment? Aren't you glad you let him on the, uh, on the okay, TV? I can't imagine they'll ask bail. Plead not guilty. Oh, thanks. You know, I was going to plead him guilty and get him a life sentence. He's got such great faith. What about three Tell concurrent life sentences? Don't worry. This is bogus. <laughs> right. It's just showtime and then I'll take care of it, okay? Not guilty, Jimmy. You're a stitch. Can you believe it? They arrested him. What a night. Mm. Here we go. Cigarette lawyers in to make another offer. I'm not going to preface anything or do a big sell. This check has already been signed, so there's nothing to negotiate. You either take it or leave it. But this will be our final offer. It's designed to be preemptive. After this, mm. we will take our chance with the jury. Even one which happens to find you adorable. Condescending. What's the wow. number? If you never believe anything I ever say, believe that this is the last and final offer. What's the number? 1.7 million. Oh, snap. The poker faces are not doing Accepted. as well. Brought dicks to church. <laughs> you have full power of attorney. I, I do. Sign. We are going to be cleaning the office tomorrow. Yes. I, you know what? All right. So this this is my two things. I think Jimmy is the maid because the office got clean when he got there, but he does his cleaning as number two pancake. <laughs> In like a French maid's outfit? Definitely. We'll make copies. This is yours. Tell your client, congratulations.
That's a big old check. Truth be told, my wife actually fell down the stairs. The cigarettes had nothing to do with it, but we'll take that money! <laughs> Please tell him that I'm... that uh, we're very sorry about his loss. Yeah, okay. You're really sorry to lose that 1.7. He would never say that. No. A lawyer would would never risk saying you're sorry. That's why I say even in that situation, you don't ever say you're sorry when you've like killed somebody because it opens you up to more liability. Uh, so I feel like this is an appropriate time to ask for a raise. <laughs> yeah, right. Or to be paid at all. A lot of beats. Somebody should say something funny. You. This is good. Yeah. Can we get a conference table now? (laughs) Yeah. Can you take those goddamn dirty socks out of your office? Maybe we should tell the client. (laughs) <laughs> Tell him we settle for 400 <laughs> That's fraud, Eugene We're not going to do that uh, Actually, Jimmy, we've done fraud like six times In the Jimmy first Tom. three episodes So much but, yeah. frauds, yeah oh, God, Jimmy. <laughs> James L. Berluti representing the defendant We waive reading, Your Honor And pursuant to my authority As counsel, I enter a plea Of not guilty Bail uh, Jimmy, you charming oh, We'd dummy. be requesting an immediate trial date, Your <laughs> Honor. Uh, my client feels scorned by these horrible charges and would like an opportunity uh, forthwith to clear his name. Uh, forthwith. Two weeks Monday. Is that forthwith enough? Oh, yeah, Judge. Suitable. Thank you, Your Highness. Honor. Personal recognizance, <laughs> now, sea probation. Like, dummy Jimmy, it's so charming and it's... It's it's funny, but like calling him your highness is a bit much. Next, <laughs> that went very well, very very well. Yeah, good one, Jimmy. Beers. Every law firm said to me, "They do a no lot way. of beers after work." You people said, "Maybe." I, mean, I work in a WeWork no, free that's beer mainly because of Miss Awesome. Yes. Beer. <laughs> and for real, with his game plan, uh, which only. I- yeah, we have it on tap, too. It's iced coffee and then the beer tap right next to it in the office. Are you in a WeWork, too? Uh, no, we man. talked about that. No, it's not WeWork. It's it's, it's, it's in Madison oh. Square Garden, man. Oh, yeah. Really? Say, where is Bobby? Oh, he'll be here. He and Rebecca are locking up, but they'll be here. Good. Here's to Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's busy. Bobby, baby. Bobby, Bobby. He is happy. Moving on up. He's dreaming of picking up his socks. Now nah, he wants to make the... out with her. That Nobody it... else there, is there? So, what what are you doing? He's making dreamy eyes. Oh. <laughs> He's looking He at... just like walked over to his uh diploma. his framed diploma like he was going to kiss it. There's always somebody working late hey, that surprises him. Hey. Rebecca, I think, lives in the office. Guess we should get going. It's okay to cry a little. Uh, just just money. Just a settlement. It's a lot of money, boy. Okay. 
<laughs> so um, are you gonna like you know I don't know pay us now? Be great if we got paid. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm kind of like late on my rent. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't all have. We don't all make drag money like. <laughs> we don't have tips. They're gonna kiss. Nope, no, no kissing. So uh, I, 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 I'm the cameraman now. I feel like I'm yeah. very, very close to his face. Do you want me to pull no, no, back? No, no, no. It's, it's a, it's okay. It's okay. This is why we hired attractive actors. We really just, we don't want to see the bottom of their chin or their hairline. I just, we want to stay I right. Just, you know, I don't want to step on your toes, but like, I feel like yeah. it's very, very close. No, no, no. Because like, this is the nineties. Everyone's TV was like really small. Okay. It's not like today. Cause like, as you saw in the office, they were, they were on like a seven inch black and white TV. So otherwise it's just going to be dots. You gotta, you gotta get in there, man. Okay. I, I hope. I hope Dylan stays handsome very long in his career. Oh, he will. Oh, we're up her nose. You should call your dad. Who? Oh, his dad? Call your dad. Oh, we got a whole nother plot thread there. Well, and see, here's the thing. I, I thought about that, because it certainly sets up an interesting storyline or, or plot twist. Uh... Woo! End of the episode. Woo. But the problem is you have to be real careful this early in the series about that because you sometimes make a mistake on Deep Space Nine, another Star Trek reference. I'm gonna I'll I'll make a jingle. Uh <laughs> the <laughs> Uh, Benjamin Sisko, the lead character, talks in the first season about like, oh, when my dad was here and he's all sad, like his dad his dad is dead. But then they decided, oh, wait, no, his dad would be a great character. So his dad got undead, like, in season three, and we all just pretended oh. he hadn't talked about his dad dying. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Guy, we, we made it through season Ooh. one, episode four. That, wow, that was a good episode. A lot of uh, threads uh, are, are are tying up. We're, we're really getting to establish some characters and some roles within the little Avengers dynamic. That was a great one. Yeah, I I really I really think so too. Uh, I think it's certainly the strongest of the season. And you know, and if I if I had to like <laughs> uh pitch the show to to say my wife, I might start with this episode so yeah. you can see what it might become. I <laughs> Star Trek episode number 15 or reference I tried to make her watch Star Trek the Next Generation. Oh, but that's the first the best, two seasons. That's the best one are so terrible. The first two seasons are abysmally bad. Is it really and coming she, back, or is that just a weird rumor? Oh, oh, it's unbelievably bad. Oh. It becomes unbelievably good. It's my favorite no, show No, I mean, of all back, time. back. Is it coming back? I heard tell uh, that it might come back. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Discovery's on now, and they're starting to film the Picard show. Oh, it's a separate show. I thought they were just redoing Separate show. TGN, no, okay. they're going to start, like, TNG. doing, like, a thousand different shows, like the... Uh, Star Wars universe. But anyway, I, I made her watch. She like muscled through like 18 episodes from the first season. And she's like, I can't do it. This is terrible. Why would, <laughs> why are you watching this? And I, I just made a terrible mistake. I shouldn't have shown her anything from the first two seasons. And then if she got interested, she could like retroactively could have gone back. But anyway, were I to do that again, which I would never because my heart was broken. Uh, I would start with this episode. Yeah, I mean, it was a much. It's much more. It would be much more of effective of, as a plot, uh, as a pilot, than the pilot. But 
I guess they yeah. needed to set some of that up for this to kind of. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it's it is. We should talk about this in the episode rating part, but they're clearly, uh, they did a lot of groundwork to pay off in this episode because you couldn't have just had this episode. Well, I just now going back on what I just said, but you couldn't do this episode without a lot of the groundwork. Otherwise, you wouldn't have any context for why this is so meaningful. Actually, feels but, like we kind of finished the first sort of arc too. Like this would be a great mid-season finale type of situation yeah no totally it i i I definitely feel like the the cigarette arc was so satisfying and so much fun they definitely could have spun this out for a few more episodes well there's only six episodes in the seat in this season right in the season that's right so So i would have i would have closed the season with that yeah i feel like they've sort of hamstrung themselves for a two episode only two episodes for another two episode arc well but they've they've laid a lot of ground for what's coming up so, uh, you know what time it is. It is time to pick our most valuable, our most valuable lawyer. So, uh, Dex, who's your most valuable lawyer for this episode? Uh, it's gotta be Lindsay. Clearly. Because Clearly. She- like, I mean that you know, that monologue on its own was pretty killer. Um, so we might revisit her as an actress, but as far as lawyers go, I mean she just she single handedly well not single handedly but um, primarily j- just saved the whole firm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it's it, it's it, Bobby does some tremendous negotiating there, but he's only in a position to do that great negotiating because she crushed it so much in the opening there. So. I think that's uh, it's a it's a good call for both of us. Lindsay Dole is our most valuable lawyer. Uh, congratulations, fictional character, for your fictional award. Congratulations, Lindsay. Really, I I know you should go call your dad. It'd be great. It is now time to pick our. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show i think that's my favorite one <laughs> like that one. i don't know what it is it just really does it for me oh it's so stupid <laughs> uh okay best actor well i i personally see only two entrants in the race this week okay we've got Lindsay dole yeah uh and we've got the father of the victim and his uh, amazing monologue moment his now which is interesting it's H- jack henceforth, Loffer. Jo- yeah henceforth known as the gurgle monologue the gurgle monologue uh interesting you gave him best actor last episode as well and i was like i don't know i think he overdid it in that previous episode mm-hmm. and i would i would not have rated what he did that strongly uh but for this episode i thought he crushed that monologue he absolutely crushed it yeah second time that the show's really allowed the victims to speak how victims would speak with a little bit of anger with a little bit of vengeance you know um i like it yeah so uh so who of those two who's uh who is your best actor is it kelly williams because this is not the best (laughs) character it's the best actor you're right Kelly kelly williams or is it Jack Laffer? 
I mean, I feel like it would be such a bold swing to to give Jack Law for two weeks running. Um, I just I can't do it. Or you know, I just just throwing a little dark horse in there. Uh, number two pancake, Jimmy Berluti, Michael Baladuccio does some really fine comedic work in this episode. He does. He does bring the levity. Uh, I think he kind of overdoes it a little bit. Um, I, th- I think that's the writing, though. I think calling yes. the judge your highness, like, that's not the actor. I yeah, think but all his, like, stammering and kind of basically, like, whimpering in that when he's <laughs> when he's uh, puffing up those peacock feathers in the courtroom, just, I don't know, it didn't ring as, as solid to me as some of the other performances. I really well, think... I look forward to your email from, from Michael Baladuccio. The Baladuccio Baladuccio. Baladuccio. Objection! He's going to be so pissed. That is sampled from the Ace Attorney video games, by the way, for anybody wondering. Is it really? Yeah. That's a really specific time to uh, <laughs> to sample from. Um, All right, you got to make your call. Who's Ke- the best actor? Kelly. All right, Kelly Williams gets it. And I, I'm going to go with Jack Lawford. So, ah, deathmatch. So, uh, Jack, you do have a now f- combined full point for best actor split over two hosts and two episodes Congratulations. So I think, yeah, he's the big winner then. He's the big winner, which leaves us with only one more thing to do, and that is... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. The little Oscars sort of thing there. I liked it. I liked it. I am going to give... Now, the question really becomes, once we award this, is this the final spare tire since they have the money to clean the office now? No, no. Spare tires are eternal, man. Oh, okay. Um, well, I had topped out previously at seven spare tires. Are you keeping track? Do you have a spreadsheet? Um, nope, but I just, there's only been four, so at this point, it's it's not <laughs> difficult. <laughs> I have no memory whatsoever of the ones I've done thus far. And the, the episode that we lost to the internet somewhere is confusing me too, but anyway, I'm going to award this eight spare tires. Eight spare the tires. The highest ranking yet given. The highest ranking thus far. And I, I'm i with you right there. I'm actually going to give it eight and a half spare tires. Whoa. Eight and a quarter spare tires average. Average. Good job, uh, David E. Kelly, on this episode. Uh, so really, uh, and James Farley, who directed it. Really, really excellent work, guys. I really got the uh, Columbo influence. The Columbo, yeah. And a little Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Mostly the Scooby-Doo. Uh, and the Muppets. Because, like, Jimmy Berluti's a little bit of a Muppet. Actually, I'm, I'll, I'll post on the Instagram account. That judge smoking the cigarette, if we were to green screen him over with uh, Waldorf and Astoria... Wait, what was the other... Oh. On the Muppets? I, I think, yeah, I think so. Wal- yeah, something like, yeah. It's Waldorf and something. He looks From like he could be with, with, with them. He also looks a little bit like Thanos. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> like big, big, giant, doughy head. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've been called that. Yeah, so, yeah, good good episode. It got, got a little dark there for a second. I, I didn't really know, how, like, you, uh, you know, this obviously is a storyline close to your heart. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I never, I think that's the, the interesting point that they, you know, that they raise is that you never really... I never, I've never blamed cigarettes. I guess it's I've never got, really mm. kind of done it that way. But I, I could see how, uh, 
you know, in that in that grief where you're looking for where to place your hatred, I guess it's not a bad place. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean it's t- it's tough to talk about stuff like that on a comedy podcast, but like that's <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and as as a self described comedian, uh, <laughs> I did that in the first episode, and I'll never live it down. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> well, the, all right. Well, we'll we'll do our. Uh, We'll have to do like a, a side Mark Marin episode where we both, you know, bear our souls about our fathers. Yeah, that's, we, that'll be, be a good special episode. Uh, but people will really enjoy that. What, oh my god, look at that screenshot! What's I know. <laughs> what's really important now? I feel like is is yeah. have we settled down? Have we established our actual uh, nomenclature for the titles just yet, or are we still experimenting? The titles meaning what? On the, the the practice. Remember, it was part one, and now then it went to like name titles, and now we're back on part oh, four. Oh yes, yes. And then we we lost. We didn't have a part two. Well, for the rest of the season, we're going to be part five and part six. Okay, and then I guess we'll look so, at season. Now, should we do a season recap episode, or should we just jump to the next episode of the show? Nobody wants to hear us recap a season. You're right. We are <laughs> watching them in their entirety already. There are 167 <laughs> episodes. You're like, oh man, let's. That's <laughs> we really need to thicken this up. We're gonna <laughs> gotta find some way to fill time. Oh, Jesus. 167 episodes, two hours long per episode. We do not need to come up with longer things to do. If you'd like to send any questions, concerns, objections, money, or any email contact yeah, whatsoever, we, totally forgot to do this. we are out of practice podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at, at out of practice podcast. Or on Facebook at out of practice podcast. Uh, drop us a line give us a like uh, check it out we're gonna put all the fun stuff up on the Instagram and the Facebook like it's funny you should see it you should and all the sh- nonsense we're talking and about and you should help us uh, uh, this podcast is gonna be better when there's more than 12 of you out there but we appreciate every one of those 12 that exist at this Wait, point in time is it gonna get better well it may it's I possible I feel like that's like I, I, I'm not sure we should set expectations guys it's not gonna get any better but the show might, and... There's just going to be a lot of it. That's true. A lot of crickets, a lot of almost jokes, and the comedic <laughs> stylings of Mike Neglio. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who doesn't remember his last name, Keith Varney. Keith Varney? Keith Varney, maybe? I'm not so sure. I like that Bobby shed a tear at the end there. That was good. It was a good way to close it. Oh, yeah. Are you still listening? I don't think so. I'm not. I haven't listened to a single episode all the way through. Oh, man. I've, I have. 15 I hours never. on a plane will do that to you. I don't want to get self-conscious about the stupid shit I say. <laughs> Mike, you're going to need to edit that out. Because <laughs> you used that one word, Keith. Whoa, whoa. I'm not going to tell anybody allegedly, what it was, but you allegedly. said it. Allegedly. God, how much uh, downloading were you doing? Your ISP reached out. That's impressive. I was downloading musical theater scores. <laughs> Weren't we all? Laser sounds. Laser sounds.